just going to let you know, Greg, um, best thing to do, right, to make your sound just amazing is just press that um, red button with the phone that's, like, down. Like, that would be the best. Red button with the phone that's down? What? Yeah. Like, the red circle with the phone that's pointing down. Like, that would sort your sound out perfectly. What? It's the hang-up button. Welcome to episode five of the Finger Guns podcast. I'm your host, Roscoe Keniston, and I'm joined by Mr. Sean Davies. Bonjour. Mr. Greg Hicks. Hi. All right. And <laughs> Mr. Paul Collett. Five. How's everyone doing? All right. Swell. Awesome. Winning. Good. Good. Um, I should stress, we are recording this on a Thursday, which is a bit strange for us, because we normally record on a Sunday, so we get all the week's news. So if we, this podcast will be going up on Monday, so if we do miss anything, uh, we're sorry. Due to schedules and stuff, we've had to move uh, the recording around a bit, but we are caught up till Thursday the 18th of April. So I blame Jesus for having his birthday on Sunday. Yeah, damn you, Jesus. Damn you, Jesus, with your big tits <laughs> and everything. Okay, thank are we having like blasphemy? Is the, <laughs> is the theme for this podcast? Yeah, uh, just just the one. Okay, yeah. it's out of my system now. That was an in joke from uh, the Snooker Nineteen stream, which you can catch now on FingerGuns.net. <laughs> this is the Finger Guns podcast, uh, which is where we talk about video games and everything we love about video games and all the games that we've been playing this week. Uh, we're going to jump into some news. We're going to jump into Sean's almighty video game quiz, and of course, what we've been playing. So. I'm going to take it over to Mr. Sean Davies first. Sean, what have you been playing this week in the four days uh, that we haven't been doing this? Quite a lot, because obviously now embargoes have dropped and we can actually talk about the games that we couldn't talk about last week. Hooray! So, happy to have you days. Um, so, I've been playing The Padre, which a review will go up next week, so I don't really want to spoil that, but that game has some issues. Um, it is a replication of um, games from yesteryear, like old school horror, like Alone in the Dark and OG Resident Evil. But oh, well. yeah, so, so you play you play as this demon hunting um, priest, and despite the fact that it says it's like a quick witted pop culture referencing priest, he doesn't really do that much of that. He just sounds like he smokes eighty Benson hedges a day. Um, <laughs> sounds like me, my youth. <laughs> yeah, me and you both, buddy. So, um, so, and and basically, it, it's got a lot of issues. There's, it's it's missing a lot of the modern day um, helping hands that come with like basic level design and things. So, I've got stuck a number of times, and I'm trying to figure my way around it. But so there'll, there'll hopefully be a review up next week. Um, I've also been playing Blood Waves, which uh, you might have seen a website uh, a review for on our website. Um, I give it two out of ten because it is not good. It is not a good wave shooter. Yikes! Oof! That's a Paul Collins score right there. Oh yeah. Having played it and got so irritated by the fact that I paid for it, I kind of went for went for the jugular, um, and I thought I was really harsh. And then I went on and saw other reviews online, and they were like one out of ten. And I was like, you know what? It, I think it's better than a one out of ten. I played some like one out of ten games, in my opinion, and. That isn't a one out of ten game. 
Um, what else have we been playing? Snooker 19, but obviously I don't want to step on your toes if you're going to talk about that, Roscoe. Oh, God. <laughs> Does um, it have good graphics? It must have better graphics than it already has. It must, it must. Does it have mm. good graphics? So what Paul is currently referring to is a tweet <laughs> that somebody made to um, the developer's lab. Is it 24 or 42? I can't remember which one it is. Uh, lab 42. Yeah, so somebody was being a total dick to the developers. And you know what? I've been playing the game again today. I had a quick couple of matches before I streamed earlier. And I I, I think it's a great game. I think the graphics aren't as bad as people are making out. I, you know, some it is all of the character models are deep in Uncanny Valley. But it's not like they are terrible. But it's like you don't play a racing game to see what the crowd looks like, do you? I can understand people wanting to play as their their snooker heroes, but it's it's not as if it, you're not. It's just they don't look photorealistic. And I totally agree that if you're going to get a budget and you're going to license players, you probably should make make a lot of effort to make those players look realistic. And there's been there has definitely been a lot of effort into that, but um, the gameplay is what you play the game for. I say first and, and foremost is the game, isn't it? And I. I thought it looked really good from from what I played of it. Yeah, I, I've I've uh, really enjoyed it so far. I, I'm I'm not as good as I want to be, and I get punished very regularly. But it is a good snooker simulator, and I think that's I think that's Roscoe's point when we were streaming the other night. The fact that there are a lot of pool and snooker games around, not many of them are as simulatory as this one. So, yeah, is that an actual word? Simulatory. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll just accept it as a word. Go for it. Let's coin yeah. it now. Um, yeah. Lastly, I've been playing God's Trigger and the, the reviews up on the website. It's a great, really entertaining Hotline Miami style game, top-down shooter that you play as an angel and demon. And it's it makes very little sense, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. And it kicks your ass from pillar to post, but it is a, a very entertaining game and if you liked those kind of really punishing top-down shooters i highly recommend checking that out and that is me for the week nice a very busy four days you've had so i know i know <laughs> uh paul collett what have you been playing well i too have been fairly busy surprisingly uh so i've been obviously making my way for division two still but i also had a little go at um a way out, which was really cheap on PSN sale. And I played it with my buddy, which is, um, I thought it's a really good game. I, I actually really enjoyed the co-op mechanics of it. Uh, split screen, how it merges into like one screen and split screen again. It's really good. A little bit too by the numbers, but um, I think as a, as a first tester of that co-op type game, I think it's a really good, uh, really good game. I'm impressed. And um, I've also been playing, of course, World War Z. We were lucky enough to get a code for that. So I'm mid-review. Uh, that should be coming up on the website at some point next week, hopefully. So all good. What are your um, initial impressions of uh, World War Z? I know we've talked about it, but hey, we're recording now. So <laughs> well, let's, let, let's uh, do it again. I mean, we've all been playing the game. I should stress, we've, we were they were very kind to us and they gave us all the code so we could test out the co-op aspects. Um, we unfortunately haven't been able to yet due to some launch day issues uh, that the servers have been having. But uh, we've all been playing it solo. So, uh, yeah, what do you uh, think of it so far? Uh, yeah, it's a solo game. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it's uh, it's insane, the amount of zombies 
that uh, you're coming at you at times is just, almost, oh my God, you think you're going to be like absolutely trampled to death. But I think there's some witchcraft at work. I've, I've, I've noticed something and I think there's some <laughs> clever technical, technical things happening that perhaps, you know, pull the wall over your eyes a little bit. But apart from that, I think it's good. It's a, it's a it's very division esque in a way. The way it looks, the way it plays. Um, it's also a very old fashioned game. I thought uh, it, it's like a very kind of by the numbers, point A, point B, point C, uh, exit level. Very old fashioned. We're so used to open world games and things like that, and massive uh, ordeals of grinding and leveling up. Um, this is quite old fashioned and refreshing. A lot of fun. I think it's interesting that you say that because I know that you've been on the on the hunt for a game like that, a game that isn't so overwhelming. Do you know what I mean? Yes. A game that's just a video game. And yes, and that's exactly what it is. It, it, yeah. I guess in a way it harks back to some uh, more like the PS3 era. I would have thought um, gameplay wise, it's, it is quite basic. Some might say a little repetitive, but you know, it is fun. It is a lot of fun. It's and that's what I think video games are sort of starting to forget. It should just be a lot of fun as well. What I found the most interesting about it is that when you enter the first level and you go into like the main, mm. um, the front entrance of that building, and you see just the pyramid of zombies coming out the wall, it's fucking cool. And it is cool, yeah. You're like, I know what you mean. You look at it and you go, "How the hell am I supposed to survive this?" And you know, the the zombies are pretty much one shot kill, at least on the earlier levels. Yeah. And um, you know, you it's it's easy to be surrounded, but it's not, you don't get overwhelmed by it because. No, you never feel like, I think that's no. um, a, a slight negative is you, you never feel like in peril. You feel like, oh my holy shit, how am I going to get through all these like, Brazilian zombies? Mm. Then when you actually start getting down to shooting them, I think, especially those big pyramid halls, I think if you shoot one, I think at least 10 probably go uh, or something. I'll, I'll say there's some, I think there's an illusiony trickery going on behind the scenes but yeah it's um when you, when what you do see you, it what what do you mean by that exactly well it's like sometimes you get to a case where you know like you say you're at the, the, the atrium of the shopping center and then the zombies are just climbing up each other to get to you and you've got like i don't know say 500 bullet clip or something uh and you think that's never enough bullets there's more than 500 zombies there um and yes you've got some car people shooting as well but you just think well you know i'll shoot one um, and, you know, they sort of just crumble, uh, but all the random as well. So it, it, it's, I think I think technically, I think you should, I think it's a kind of, it's a thing where you, if you shoot one in a horde, uh, tend to appear or something. I don't know. It just it has a kind oh, of... Oh, okay. What you mean yeah. is it just, it makes it look like there there are more than there actually are. Yes. Okay. Yes, I think there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a scene in, I think it was um, Heavy Rain, where he, he lost his child in the shopping centre. And this is on PS3, of course. And when you're walking through the shopping centre, and there's thousands yeah, of people um... in the shopping centre. And I was like, how is that possible? And I think, obviously, it's just it's like a, I don't know, a rendered scene that he managed to walk around. I, was like, I don't know, it's some trickery going on. But, you know, don't let it detract you, because the sight of all these zombies will absolutely drop your jaw. It's great. <laughs> drop your jaw. I like that. Um, or your jaw, even, maybe. Or your jaw. Drop your jaw. <laughs> Draw, jaw. Same thing. Yeah, I'll take it. Trousers yeah. down. Zombies yeah. are coming. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you defeat all the zombies. That's how, oh. that's how it feels when they arrive, yeah. And there's the title for the episode. That was nice and easy. Good. <laughs> Done. Um, nice segue, then. Uh, Greg, you were playing World War Z before we started. Um, yes. What do, you, what do you think of it so far? 
Uh, yeah, I share a sort of Paul sentiment. Um, when he says harking back to sort of olden games, I get a very strong Left 4 Dead vibe. Um, I'm going to throw this out there as a wild opinion. I would say it's worthy as a Left 4 Dead successor because oh. I'm quite enjoying it. Um, Left 4 Dead's cool. Yes, you get a big horde zombie swarms type thing. But the problem with first-person shooters is you can't really see what's around you too much. You've got your field of view kind of thing. That's the point, yeah. What I'm liking with this whole third-person division-style gameplay is that you can see what's going on. I mean, you're still going to get overwhelmed by zombies, but I'm quite enjoying it. I've not played very much of it. Um, as you said, we had the launch day deflation where we were all going to jump on and we couldn't. Um, and I've just patched it today to go on it again. And I played about 15 minutes before we came on. I really enjoy it. Uh, I'm not going to say much more about it because um, I don't want to repeat what Paul said, and it's obviously his review when it comes out. But as a sort of cliff notes kind of thing, yeah, I'm actually really enjoying it. And I look to hopefully play with you guys or jump on and play a bit more. I think what's fun about it is that it doesn't really ease you in, does it? I mean, no, from the second no. you start, you're, you're surrounded. The you emphasis to... is definitely on co-op play. Oh, yeah. for sure. I did find... Um, I did find um... I don't know if you guys uh, found this as well, but when you play on your own, obviously you get the, the three other uh, AI characters with you. But it's all like getting away all the time. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, so, they're very much so like most that. of the sound bites I heard was like, "Stop shooting me!" And I said, "I can't help it. You're in my way. <laughs> There's a doorway, and everyone's coming at me." You know, it's um, <laughs> it's very um, you know. reminiscent of uh, Shiva from Resident Evil Five, where she got in the way more than the zombies did. <laughs> but no, it's good. Um, I, I, like I said the Cliff Note version. I'm enjoying it. Otherwise, I've still been playing uh, the War of Attrition that is Sekiro. Um, and if anyone does watch my Twitter stream, you'll see my roller coaster of emotion in the three or four videos that I've posted. It's so good. Uh, so good. <laughs> it, it just it fills me up with just such confidence, and then it just breaks it down like an abusive girlfriend. Um, and I'm following our conversation Ow. on. <laughs> Following, steady, our, steady, Easy, following our uh, following our conversation with Tim on Sunday, which you should go listen to, plug plug. Uh, I've gone back into Resident Evil 2 a bit more as well. Yes, I am playing it with the additional four pound um, infinite weapons pack. I'm having a blast. I'm I'm finding the Mr. Raccoon statues that I've missed on my first playthrough because I'm not blinded by sheer terror and running in a straight line. And I'm just looking forward. I'm, I'm just going through the game and picking up things that I've missed. Let, let me ask you a question. This this um, downloadable um, collection of weapons and modes and stuff, does it disable trophies? I don't know, but I haven't done anything that would unlock a trophy that I haven't already got. Right, okay. Because I know there are trophies for finishing uh, the game, or uh, like finishing hardcore mode, and then there's a separate one for finishing hardcore mode with less rank. Now, I know using... Secret weapons, just like the original game, if you use a secret weapon, you can't get an S rank. Yeah. But I don't know if that disables the trophy slash achievement for finishing it like on hardcore with a rocket launcher. Okay. Um, is there a follow up to that? Are you gonna say that it like I mean what what was your thinking behind that? Or just querying that? Um no, I just um I've been having a conversation on Twitter and I don't really want to de- derail this kind of podcast with it, but no, that's fine. It, it's to do with um paying for trophies. Um, uh, okay. You know how how there's like a small portion of games released on Xbox and PlayStation Four now with incredibly easy trophy lists, and there are 
you know, things that you can buy on certain Ubisoft games, like maps of collectibles and, yeah, yeah. you know, basically using trophies as a way to earn cash from developers and from publishers. And I was just wondering if, if this was Capcom's first fire into foray into that kind of world. But, I don't know yet, but I'm currently doing a hardcore run, so I will uh, let you know when that happens. Um, the problem is, uh, as I've discovered, because I'm doing a Leon run, and I'm going to spoil it because it's a 20-year-old game, so don't don't at me because it's you know old. Um, I'm doing the Leon scenario where he gets shot by Annette Birkin, and you've got to play as Ada. Oh, for now, God's sake, sure. I don't need to play it now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, uh, um but Ada doesn't get to use the special weapons. Okay. So... And it's difficult because she's got a handgun, no healing items, and there's a few zombies there. So I'm kind of stuck on that. So it doesn't so... remove the challenge completely. She has the knife though, still, doesn't she? Or... No, no knife, just a handgun and her um, oh, EMF yeah. EMF visualizer for turning on electrical gadgets. So sorry, I'll try saying that again. Electrical gadgets. Jesus. So there is that present challenge. But uh, when I do finally... Make it past that and finish it. I will. Uh, I'll let you know. Thank you. But as as I was saying the other day on the podcast, um, I can see why people do get annoyed about that kind of thing. You know, there are going to be the purists that go, "Well, I did a hardcore run properly and got special weapons. You just cheesed it and got blah 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 trophy for or achievement for, you know, pay to win kind of thing." I can understand that, but then there's no real sort of global leaderboarding type score for Resident Evil. So if you feel like you've cheated to earn that then it's down to your moral compass isn't it you can feel like you've cheated yourself or you can just think hey i've done it on a mode I, i've completed a mode i'm never going to finish so you cheated yourself yeah <laughs> i was trying to think, of the, um, trying to think of the sentence yeah <laughs> it's sad that you don't know the difference <laughs> that's it yes that current that current sekiro meme at the moment which is doing the rounds but that guy totally cheated um yeah that's what i've been playing <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've paid four pounds for a rocket launcher, but I never lower the frame rate on a game that's uh, difficult. Whoa! Uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> potato, potato. Yeah. So I've been playing Resident Evil, Sekiro still, and World War Z or Z if you're a uh, normal. Nice. <laughs> nice. Greg's bringing the sass tonight. <laughs> Greg's had a couple of runs. Actually, no, cut that bit out. <laughs> I don't want to admit my drinking problem on uh, on air. Greg is heavily drunk, ladies and gentlemen. No, not heavily drunk. Greg's got Greg got some colour in his cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you call it these days? He's on his way. Uh, nice. Well, I guess that leaves me. What have I been playing? I've been playing Katana Zero. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, and I can talk about it now. It is. It is absolutely awesome. I don't know what there else to say about it. You can read my review, which went up live today on fingerguns.net. It's just an absolute blast. It's tough as balls, uh, which normally normally puts me off a game because I like to ease my way into certain things, but I'd like it with the Katana because it's the, the, the dying aspect is so interesting and it's so fun because it's not like you're dying. It's like you're, it's like your, your character is sort of seeing into the future. And so when you die, you see a message pop up that says, no, that won't work. And then you like, oh, rewind the play a character doing that. Yeah. See, I remember when we played it at Res, go read our review. Um, I remember we played it at Res. I didn't know if that was like his boss watching security footage. Ah, oh, that's him. Uh, okay. It's him being able to see in the future. That stuff that he gets, um, he gets this weird his syrup, medicine. which allows him to slow down time and see into the future. Okay. So it's like yeah. a precognitive, precognitive, like, no, I'm not going to do it that way. Exactly that. 
if you uh, would, uh, okay, that's cool. If you'd read, if you'd read my review, you would have, you would have seen that. <sighs> I was actually trying to bolster the. I was trying to bolster the conversation. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, oh, so you're pretending to not know. Yes, Ross. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but no, it's great, and uh, it is a shame that it's uh, that it's a Switch and PC exclusive. Um, yes, because, it is. Because I'd love for you to to play it and get deep in it. Because I know, Greg, that you fucking love it, and sure, it's, it's going to make its way to PS4 soon. I mean, you would think, but you know, we're looking at things like Devolver release, things like Ape Out, which is currently a Switch and PC exclusive. My friend Pedro is coming soon, uh... which is a Switch and PC exclusive, and it's just a bit odd. I mean. I think they will eventually, but uh, we shall uh, we shall see on that front. Don't don't bank on that. Or not, or not at all. Yeah, there, <laughs> are, there are people very very sore still that Hotline Miami one and two did not come to Xbox. People are still pissed about that. Understandable. I mean, that's just lame. Why not just buy a PlayStation? Oh, I see the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think Greg should drink rum every time he does a podcast. Yeah, I like it. I like oh, what it. you're saying? I'm boring normally. Well, them fighting words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite me, buddy. I know what you do for the fun. <laughs> uh, no, it's great, and it's uh, it's highly recommended. And uh, if you do have a Switch or a PC, then go and get it because I think it might be up there with one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, by the end of the year, it's certainly yeah. on the list anyway. So go play it. Uh, what else I've been playing? I've been playing Dreams. Ah, uh, yes. Tell me about Dreams. Is it like the ultimate game creator? I mean, pretty much. Is yeah. it like really uh, sort of simple to use? I'm only asking because I found uh, Little Big Planets a little bit, I don't know, long-winded, you say. And the last well, thing I well, tried... You know, it is game development. Yeah, I know. I, know. I mean, you know, it was just all the stickers and the... I don't know, something, something about it was just a bit fiddly. I mean, it is... The the comparison of Little Big Planet to Dreams is night and day. You know, oh, it's like it's like it's like comparing a biscuit to a shotgun. Well, that's a weird. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Hell? Just don't, just don't. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. I'm just, just I'm just asking because obviously, you know, my I I played Schumacher Construction Kit. I played 3D Construction Kit. It's way back in the day. Obviously, Little Big Planet. Me and my buddy actually did create a Donkey Kong game out of that, which was quite good fun. Uh, and then the last thing I tried to, was a game uh, creating thing was a Rockstar f- fucking racetrack builder thing, which was just hideous. So yeah. um, I was wondering if it was easy to use. Um, I have I jumped into the game making mechanics uh, this afternoon, and it is not easy. But what the game does, it takes you step by step, one by one, in the most intricate, basic way. It's like it's essentially tutorials for a child how how easy they make it you know what i mean mm. um, it's like they have this voiceover which you like might hear on cbb's it's like right we're going to move this block can you see where it needs to go <laughs> and things like that and it might get annoyed for some people but i, I found it very helpful <laughs> so they didn't get steve try back in then i mean can you, you you can see why people are so addicted to this thing already um mm. because it is it is taking the steps of game development and making them as user friendly as they possibly can, but it is still game development. So you know sure. there is that level of uh, of difficulty to it. 
but uh, yeah, there are there are there are eight tutorials before you can even be let loose in the editing suite. Um, so you've got to, you've got to give it the time it, it needs. But once you've done those things, you're in, and you can make anything. I've spent a lot of my time in the game. Um, they have a, a name for it, but I can't remember what it, what it was. Dream surfing. Dream surfing. Thank you, Sean. Um, where you can just go in and play other games. And um, in the space of about ten minutes, I played I played a racing game that someone had made. I played a FPS that someone had made. <laughs> I played a Mario clone that someone has fucking made. Yes. Um, I, I don't know how that's there because it's got the Mario music and the character and everything. I'm not entirely sure how that's allowed, <laughs> but it's there nonetheless. Um, sorry, Sean, go on. They, they advised today not to um, pick certain big properties to recreate, but they will not do anything about it until those companies complain. So Mario Kart, oh, okay. will exi- these things will exist, like PT and Mario Kart, and these things will exist until they complain. Because so it was like it's like exactly with Little Big Planet then when people started making Mario levels and yes. then they just started <laughs> clearing them out. Yeah. So, so until... what we're saying is make them what you can, folks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is it is fascinating um, the sheer amount of ways you can make a video game in this thing you know there's so many different genres you can blend into it's basically it is down exactly to your imagination you can create anything if you're willing to give it the time i don't think i'm gonna really make anything i'm not really in dreams to do that to be honest i want to see what people make and i want to be part of that community making things and watch people do it because i'm fascinated i don't think i'm going to take that on i think i just want to play what they make um, at least for now, that's all you can do in early access anyway. You can either make things or you can watch or you can play things that people have made. Because I think in the full release, there's going to be a big story mode that you can play through as well. But yeah, it's just fascinating. And I'm really glad that I've jumped into early access because I'm seeing people get better as it goes on and learning uh, new skills. And yeah, Dreams is going to go on for a long, long time. I I can commend people that can make, that have the, the patience and creativity to make levels. Because uh, I know I tried with Little Big Planet. I thought I'd made, I started making something really good. And then when you pan the level out, you realize you've made like a, a, a 2% of a level. And you think, oh, God, right, I yeah. can't do it. So yeah. I can commend anyone that can make, uh, you know, like that sort of creativity. I'm always happy to play. Same with trials, like the, the user created tracks. You know, they're nice to play. And I commend yeah. anyone that can do it. I just can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, Paul, I, 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 think, I think you should give it a, I think you should jump in and see what you think. Okay. Uh, is, it, is it free? Is it free to download? It's twenty four ninety nine. What? Because it's early access. It's not a beta. But that will, but that will change into the full game upon release. Okay. So you're essentially paying for access to the game as well. Um, what is what is interesting is that you have this imp character, which is your thing to move around the screen, and it it controls with the motion of the controller. And I don't think that's designed for a DualShock. I think that's designed for a PlayStation Move. I think I think this would be infinitely easier if i had move controllers so if you have some to hand then dreams is going to be an absolute doddle <laughs> to hand yeah nice one uh so yeah paul as a as a designer and as a person who loves creating things i think you might get more out of it than i did to be honest okay interesting it's just it's been quite low-key i didn't really until you mentioned it on the old slack chat i didn't even know it's coming out so i'll just it's interesting it's dreams like- has been low-key well, I'm not. Uh, well, I don't probably follow things as much. <laughs> to you, you do, yeah. But, yeah, to me, it's been low key. Yeah. Once you get past the initial, the initial kind of ten minutes, which is a bit of a long slog, introducing you to the whole game. Once you're in the editing software, then yeah, give it a go, man. You might find yourself 
in a world that you might enjoy. What, like a finger guns game? Well, get Do to it. shoot you all. Yes. Do it. I made a, a massive tit of myself in one of those tutorials. Oh, really? Those tutorials were, like, I, I stopped following the instructions because I thought I knew oh. what I was doing. And, <laughs> yeah. So the, the guy was, the, he was, he was trying to tell me how to move the camera around, and like left and right. And then he said, can you see this over there? So I, I like toddled over there before he'd finished his sentence. And he said, it would take ages to get there using the last stick. Why not press this button? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd spent ages getting there. <laughs> and you can zoom to items just with a click a button. Like you'd hold, um, I think it's L1 yeah. and click R1 or something. But um, yeah, I made a right to myself. Like you really need to listen to those instructions because despite the fact that they are slow, it, they are very, very thorough. So yeah, who knew? Who yeah. knew that we have to listen to instructions? Yeah. For game uh, development. Yeah, we can make a finger guns game together. We can. It's like a multiplayer online creator, so we can all jump in and add little bits to a finger guns oh, that'd game. Be chaos! Could you imagine? We'd have to listen to each other, which might be a problem. Oh, <laughs> Greg's had some rum. The game's fucking break. Four <laughs> <laughs> yeah. four. Oh, Greg's had some rum. He drew a giant penis on the sc- on the cloud. Oh, Greg. I have some level of maturity, thank you. I would draw the balls as well. No, you're right. <laughs> I agree. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. I've been playing Dreams and World War Z and uh, Katana Zero and Snooker 19. But fuck that game. I only say it because like I suck at it. Fuck, I was going to say, disclaimer, <laughs> is it because you can't do it very well? It's because it's, it's I'm terrible at it and I'm reviewing it <laughs> and I need to get better. Um, I've won one game so far against the easy mode AI. Wow. And... I think that was only because of luck as well. Sean, I don't know if you caught the stream, but it, he absolutely creased to me three times. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I need to get better at that before the review comes out, which should be hopefully early next week. Right then, let's crack on with the Finger Guns quiz. I'm going to hand it over to Mr. Sean Davies. Are you ready? Oh, where's, I'm ready. The, where's the intro? Come on. I'm it's waiting for the jingle. I'm building myself up. You ready? You ready? (laughs) The Finger Guns Trivia Challenge Themed Mode. (laughs) 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 Thank you. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, this this week's quiz is themed. I've I've decided to base the entire quiz around PlayStation because obviously everyone knows that I'm a Sony fanboy. Um, So Sony fanboy. Yeah, sorry about (laughs) Sony pony. That's it. So I decided to make a 10 quiz questions about the PlayStation and the various generations of PlayStation. Please feel free to play along at home if you are listening. There are 10 questions. It will take a few minutes to go through and uh, we will give you the answers towards the end of the quiz. And if you do play along, please do let us know how many questions you get right out of these 10. Some are easy, some are hard, some are nuts. We shall see. (laughs) Okay. Have you guys all got pen and paper and Google, obviously. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so let's start with question one. The original concept for the Sony PlayStation was originally a CD-ROM adapter for which Nintendo console? So I'll just say that one one more time. The original concept for the Sony PlayStation was a CD-ROM adapter for which Nintendo console? Virtual boy. <laughs> okay. Question two. 
Which PlayStation game was the first to require the use of the dual analog? Oh, I know this one. Oh, I think I know this one. Because my mate was kicking off about it not being on the PlayStation Classic. That's a very good question. <laughs> okay, I'm going to repeat it again because Greg got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, question two: Which PlayStation game is the first to require the use of the dual analog DualShock controller? Well, I'm not sure about that one. Was it controversial at the time? Were people not happy about the fact that they had to buy a controller in order to play this game? No. Nope. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question three. And I apologize for all the squeaking. My guinea pigs have found a carrot in their cage. And they're going nuts. Okay. Question three. What was the highest selling game for the PlayStation 2? Oh. Hmm. I think I know this one. Kept you waiting, huh? <laughs> false, false flag operations. False flag operations. Don't listen to Roscoe, whatever you do. Okay. Because I know it wasn't. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay, question four. The camera peripheral that Sony released for the PlayStation 2 was called what? A plastic pile of shite. Yeah, it actually made your, your characters in FIFA look like zombies. Yeah. I don't know, I... <laughs> it was secondary to the Xbox 360 camera that let you put your face in Rainbow Six Vegas, which was hilarious. Okay. Just that question again. <laughs> the camera peripheral that Sony released for the PlayStation 2 was called what? Okay. Question five. Tough one, this one. Really tough. Okay. Name three of the nine... Sony Interactive Entertainment first-party studios that Sony founded or bought and have subsequently closed. Oh, God. Say so, what? Right. To put this in plain terms, can you name three studios that Sony have owned and closed? Uh, um, uh, is Noah Khan an answer? <laughs> uh, I, know. Um... I know one of their studios that they closed and kind of absorbed into another one yeah I'll take that I, I will take um, studios that were absorbed into another studio and I will even take the studio that they allowed to spin off as independent There's been... All right, don't push it. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. I'll give you a couple more seconds on that one. And this is where Roscoe puts the cool music in so I can just pretend that I'm dancing to it. <laughs> it's cool, that music, isn't it? It is. I like that music. Thanks very much for adding that. That's great. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay. Question six. What was the project code name for PlayStation VR during development? Oh, I know this one. I don't. There I do no... actually know this one. There is oh, no do spoiler. I? Hold on a minute. Ooh, maybe not. 
I do love that Paul's was, like it was fifty fifty, wasn't it? <laughs> that was one hundred percent fifty fifty. Paul's out loud thinking process is is mad, magic majestic. It is. <laughs> I know it. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, mm, no. <laughs> is this a trick question? Um, <laughs> oh yeah, of course you had the trick question, didn't you? So okay, question seven: Who is the lead architect for the PlayStation Five? Who also worked as the lead architect on the PlayStation Four? <laughs> that guy with a really uncomfortable voice that they keep making talk in public spaces. <laughs> oh, it's so awkward listening to him. That's really harsh. I love it. Is him. it is, and the man's a genius, but he shouldn't public speak on behalf of Sony, in my opinion. I see like a lot of. Uh, you know, we can talk about this later because we're actually going to talk about this later. But yes. Um, okay. Question eight: Who was the first PlayStation mascot? Oh, Christ! Wow. Is it as obvious as I think it is, or is it not? Um. It all depends on how familiar you were. No, I'm not going to give you any hits on this. It might be, it might not. Can I just throw one name out there and you say yes or no, and then no. I'll move on to something else? No. Go on. No. Ah, I think I know it. I think it's going. It's really obvious. See, I think it's really obvious, but that makes me think it's not obvious. You know what I mean? As in, as in proper mascot or like. Oh, no, no, don't know, because otherwise it narrows it down. Then. <laughs> no, I was going to say like, is it proper? Is it failed? Is it you know not as popular as blah blah blah? But no. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm not going to give you any more hints on that. God damn it. Okay, question nine. Which PlayStation console launched with the tagline "Live in your world"? Play in hours. Ooh. So that question again is, which PlayStation console launched with the tagline, live in your world, play in hours? I guess it was one, two, three, or four. You have a one in four chance of getting this right. So it wasn't a handheld? It wasn't yeah, thank I'm you. I'm glad Sean. you asked that because I was gonna go for one of those. I would, I would have told you handheld, like which would, would be a great. Well, I, uh, I thought you said PlayStation console, so you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, can you read it again, please, buddy? Yeah, question nine was which PlayStation console launched with the tagline "Live in your world, play in ours." Oh. Hmm, I've got, I've got a fair idea about that one. Okay. Or do I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to catch out the man asking questions? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. And Maybe I am. Question 10. Name any two of the 25 retail games that launched alongside the PlayStation 3 in Europe or Australia. Because it launched on the same day with the same lineup. Yeah. And again, 
<laughs> Question 10. Name any two of the 25 retail games that launched alongside the PlayStation 3 in Europe or Australia. Yeah, got this one. Nailed it. Which is the one with the giant enemy crab? <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, all good? Yeah, I think I've signed. Okay, then. That's all good. Ten questions. Well done, Sean. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you, Sean. I wasn't as uh, on my PlayStation history as I thought. Interesting. No, I, I did that thing I normally do on the quiz. I start and go, yes. Oh, rapid decline. Yeah. yeah. I tried to start with an easy one. Um, and then things get out of hand. I fall, <laughs> I fall into a wiki, Wikipedia rabbit hole, and the next thing I know, I'm looking up very obscure things about very obscure consoles. You rascal. Sorry. You are the knowledge, Sean. I thought you would have known this anyway. I, I tend not to ask things that I wouldn't be able to answer. Okay. I mean, I didn't jump into the PlayStation world until PS4, really. What? So... Yeah, what? that's fair. I, had a, I yeah. well, my, N64, my one, GameCube, Xbox, Xbox 360. That was my life. Yeah. My first PlayStation was when they released the the dual analog pack, the DualShock pack, and I got to pick one game with it from Curry's, and it was Rival Schools, and it was amazing. Nice. Brilliant game. Yep. Nice. I bought a PS3 for The Last of Us, and then I took it back once the game was completed. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a PS3 for Metal Gear Solid 4. Oh my god. Oh man, you should buy a Switch for Katana Zero. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on then. Uh, we're going to jump into some news, and some news broke today, which blew my freaking mind. So very quickly, we're going to talk about it up the top. There was a game, a cel shaded first-person shooter, which I adored back in the PS2 Xbox era, known as Thirteen, and just seemingly out of absolutely nowhere. It's being completely remade, and it's going to drop during the holiday season this year on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, which is completely insane. Um, I've lost track on who's making it, but I will find out, or if someone else can find out quickly, that would be great. I think it's Ubisoft. Is it? Are you sure? I don't think it is. It was Ubisoft before. It was Ubisoft's game, so just give me two seconds and I'll find out for you. You carry Thank on chatting. Thank you very much. Uh, so that is pretty damn special. So I want to hand it out. Are we... Are any of you as excited as I am about this? Because that's crazy. Yeah. No, I'm. I've never uh, played it, so. I remember playing it on the GameCube, so. That's right. Yeah, it was on the GameCube. It. it was, yes. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Sweet. I'm looking forward to it too. I, can't I believe didn't, that's I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it, but I absolutely love the art style and the comic book style. So when you, you know, when you threw a knife at someone, you get the three comic panel with a knife going through the air and like the yeah. thunk as it hits someone. We've rarely seen that since, have we? No, it's not something... The, the, the cel-shaded era kind of died very quickly. Mm. Didn't um, Capcom make a, a tangent, make a racing game that was cel-shaded that looked auto Auto-modelista, I think. That's it. it. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, really great. Cool. But apparently, it was polish it. Yeah, it was, it was like a cel-shaded Ridge Racer. Oh, it looked so good. Uh, okay. We had Beautiful Joe as well. You know, that was always a good one. That was a great uh, game. Ah, yeah. Yeah, Jet Set Radio is the one that comes to mind whenever I think of it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, looking at the trailer, that looked like a, like a sort of reinvention of the cell shape. It didn't look like, obviously, real, like, as in photographics that like everyone's trying to get to, but it did look almost like a cartoon as well at the same time. 
What's oh, that? The, uh, the trailer for 13, it looked, it, a bit of something about it. It's very stylistic, no matter what. It's, obviously, there's a technique involved. If you're curious, like I said, just just go on YouTube and check out like the old gameplay of it, or you know, like old 13, and it will look ropey now. But at the time, it was pretty. I would say unique, but it was it was pretty cool for what it was. I don't even think it looks ropey now. I think it looks fa- fascinating. It is like an art style that even now when they go, it's cell shaded because they went really pale with everything, like mm. and very comic textured. So like some of the walls looked like comic book you know dot printed it was just such a fascinating art style i I still think it holds up and i still think like the remake which is being made by microids by the way um (laughs) i found it looks even better just seriously cool who the friggin' hell like thought that when we talk about remasters this is this is one that never comes up because you just think it's too niche it's one of these games that maybe didn't sell enough originally to get a sequel or like a series and then here we are in 2019 getting a remaster of one of the weirdest like amazingly underappreciated games of the playstation 2 era and gamecube era of course fascinating so yeah i mean who asked for this i don't know i mean i'm 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 delighted about it but it's yeah but but then who shock to the system who really asked for or expected an Onomusha HD remaster? So, yeah, they're just coming from all angles, aren't they? Dino Crisis. Oh. You never know. <laughs> I mean, if, well, the, um, if, if 13 can get a redoing, then. Yeah, I mean, if the uh, the trailer, if it's any kind of like re- representation of the visuals of what they're going for for this remake, it's going to be pretty fascinating. So, the, the look of that uh, sniper rifle looked amazing. It looked like it still had that. Traditional art style, but with a more, uh, I want to say, Borderlands kind of style. Oh, yeah. So I think, I don't know, maybe they're going to make it look very, very shiny. So And I if, can't wait. Bring it on. The uh, the PlayStation blog has a few um, screenshots of character art and what the game looks like now. And it looks pretty damn good. So um, they have, like, one of the army generals um, in the process of being built up from... Um, poly to the in engine build and it looks really quite stunning it's like modern standard it it doesn't look as artistic as it did on the ps2 but it it is of a modern day standard so here's hoping i just hope that he doesn't lose something in that translation but fingers crossed fingers crossed indeed it's very exciting Ah, oh, 13's coming back. Right, then moving on, we did have a bit of a bombshell from PlayStation, another one. Just casually on a Tuesday afternoon, they decided to drop all the information that they currently have about the PlayStation 5, which isn't currently called the PlayStation 5, but for argument's sake, that's just what we're going to call it. In an article with Wired, Mr. Mark Cerny uh, revealed what we can expect in the next-gen Sony camp. There wasn't, like, any game-changing reveals, I guess, but in bullet point form, you give it a read over on Finger Guns. But basically, the most important thing, I guess, to a lot of people is that it's going to be backwards compatible with PlayStation 4, which for me is very exciting because I've been building up quite the library on PS4 over the last few years. Um, it's going to feature a SSD drive at the request of developers to ensure those super fast loading times, which is quite exciting as well. Something to compete with the likes of Stadia, I guess. Um, it will have a disk drive, so it's not going to be fully digital. It's going to be able to run the current PSVR headset, um, although a new one is apparently in the works as well. And it's going to deliver fundamental changes into what a game can be, whatever the hell that means. But yeah, there's a lot of super cool stuff. 8K resolution has a new CPU, GPU, which makes things look better, I guess. And enhanced audio, which is a weird thing to drop during this announcement. So, um, 
I don't know, Sean, I'm going to take it over to you. This PlayStation 5 announcement, does it get you super excited for next gen? Yes, it does. Cool. I... <laughs> my, my first initial reaction was a sharp intake of breath because I realized that one of the, I think it was the GPU or CPU, isn't even released yet. And it's a custom version of that. And combined the hardware, if you were going to put it together yourself as a retail customer, would cost you in a, a few thousand pounds, basically. Uh, a SSD, all of the components, we're talking a lot of money. Now, Sony obviously going to be buying in bulk, so I, my initial reaction was that is going to be a very expensive console. But what I've also heard is that because of their continued um, partnership with AMD rather than NVIDIA or any of the other component makers, they are getting a pretty hefty discount. So the price is apparently... So I've spoken to a few developers and I've heard rumors on the grapevine, so I'm just going to run through some of the rumors and some of the stuff that I have definitely heard and stuff that has been said you you can categorically don't know this yet. So we nobody has seen the controller. So the, the new controller that's apparently coming, um, it's not been leaked to the internet. So all of those fakes that have been going around, none of them are correct. There is apparently something new in this controller, but I've not been told what is new. I just know that there is something been added to that controller. Vape pen. <laughs> Yes. Interactive cod piece. <laughs> I could get on board with either of those. Haptic <laughs> <laughs> feedback cod piece, that would be awesome. <laughs> with a vape in it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I've I've heard banded around is the you know the teraflop speed, and um, my source says it's between twelve and fourteen teraflops for the current makeup that they've got, um, and there is one. Yeah, that is more that's than. Stadia. It, that is more than double what an Xbox One is, Xbox One X. So that is more than double than that console. Um, it's the the um, SSD, so the the solid state drive, is unlike anything else out there. And when they say it's quick, they are there is some kind of flash um, kind of interface between it, which keeps it incredibly fast, and it's. It's faster than anything else currently available to any consumer, which is insane. The fact that it might come out in a console. Um, the price is currently being talked around around about five hundred dollars, and Sony would be taking a pretty big hit on the launch units until the price comes down over time. It's been in development for four years, and um, I'll talk about some of the other stuff that other developers have, who've not had any experience with it, but um, the developers said that because they've been speaking to developers, and this is Sony speaking to developers, they Sony had some ideas about which way to go with the architecture, but they kind of kept it in line with what the PS5, sorry, the PS4 was, so that it is basically just a very big power jump from the PS4, but the architecture is the same which makes game making less of a onerous relearning process between um, generations this time. So we are likely to see a lot of cross-generational games for a long time and that no nobody 
that they've spoken to has stopped working on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One games yet. Hmm. So Do that, you think um, all these games that have been remastered this gen are going to be remastered again? Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> obviously, the, one of the big things for this PlayStation 5 is, is 8K. And I, I sent out a tweet this morning asking for developers to tell me what they thought about the specs. And this, these aren't my, these aren't other sources that I spoke to earlier in the week. These are just uh, indie developers that asked if they wanted to give an opinion but didn't want to say who they were. Um, one of the developers was really worried about the 8K resolution, mostly because they wanted to make sure that it was a choice to be 8K or even 4K for their games because the resource intensiveness of having 8K textures would literally sink their studio. And they think that 8K visuals, being the fact that there's like only two TVs on the market or something that can do 8K visuals right now, um, they think that, that advertising it so early would put some developers off from wanting to go onto there their so quickly because of having to potentially up-res their games with high-res textures. Um, another developer was incredibly impressed by what Sony had said, um, and they are really excited to get going because they said that all the extra horsepower under the hood would allow them to brute force development really quickly, and they wouldn't be really too fussed about having to up-res their games because um, their game is visually intensive, so they don't really mind. So it's it's funny because like the the, the reveal was obviously a very peculiar one released on a website on a Tuesday without a big reveal event of new, no games, no box, no controller. And it is basically a teaser and it, it has got the internet talking already. And I'm very excited to see what they say next. I think everyone's kind of on tender hooks now. One of the interesting things that Masor said um, earlier in the week is, that Sony haven't announced everything that comes with the console yet. So, watch the space, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was a very kind of like techie uh, announcement rather than a consumer one, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it was a core, core game announcement, wasn't it? You know, it was the, the gamers that go, ooh, what's this? Specs, yeah. teraflops, oh, gigabytes, more. Yeah, um, I mean... <laughs> I think we're still I think we're still a ways off from hearing about games and prices and what the thing looks like and yeah. all that all the fun shenanigans that we get very excited about. Um, obviously they're not at E3 this year, so that's out. Um PSX probably won't happen either. So that's out. So Yeah. You know, this I, time next year, I reckon. I've 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 heard from two people that the console oh, here we go. The knowledge. <laughs> the console is the base console is ready and they understand everything that needs to be in it apart from i think it was the ram and they were deciding on how much to put in i think they were going for 32 gddr ram um in the latest um development bill that went out it's the games that they are currently waiting on and they don't want to launch until they've got enough games to really showcase it and they are currently earmarking between march and november next year and it will either be March or it will either be November. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Well, there you go. PS5, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, Paul and Greg, have you got anything to add about this uh, this announcement? 
Um, well, I'm a little no. bit. I don't have to say. I mean, um, I've had every iteration of PlayStation, um, and I, I'm a, I guess I'm a fanboy, if you want to, want to call it that. Um, and um, the the, the yes, uh, solid state drive thing um, is going to be immense because that's what they use on MacBooks, and they are lightning quick with loading anything up. It's amazing. Uh, so that's going to be great for a console. And uh, the price, if you think about the price, I don't think it'd be too bad because think about every generation of the PlayStation, it's always been around an average of 400 quid, isn't it? So in, in you know, real terms or whatever, it's all that equals out, doesn't it? So it's all good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I'm, we're all getting it, aren't we? I mean, there's no... Of course, of course. There's no, there's no kind of like PlayStation of... Uh, they sell it to us by saying, oh, yeah, we're making a new console. Oh, okay, cool. I'll be there. You know, it's because we're the, the sucker fanboys that will buy anything from them. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, whatever the price may be, uh, we're going to be there. But, yeah, like I said, I don't think we're going to hear about it for a while. Plus, we have, like, several hundred games now that we don't really want to abandon to go to a different platform. That, too. That, too. I had a, you know, I had a history of selling the old console in order to fund the new one. But that's not going to happen this time because my PlayStation 4... I don't know. It's kind of interesting to look at how much my PSN ID would actually be worth in terms of all the games that are connected to it, um, which currently stand at over 500, I think. That's something insane. And it would be interesting to... I don't want to get rid of those. You know, I want to keep them. And I want to keep my access to them, regardless of whether or not this new thing is backwards compatible or not. They're not going to be backwards compatible with every game. I think it'll be like Xbox. I think it'll be a, a slow sort of drip feed between them all. It will be, will be a case of actually using money to buy this thing, which is horrendous, to be honest. But there we are. Absolute money. It's a good job you've got a job now, you know what I mean? A job that you're actually very good at. You should... Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. And, oh. and, do you know what? I, I, I'm going to like big you up now. Ross, Ross wrote a, a really great, insightful article for his 9 to 5 job uh, about Marvel uh, films and their like kind of lack of mass advertising and how they do really small things but generates lots of hype and um, how their teaser trailers etc. And I was I was really like having thought about it a bit more and how how this parallels with what Sony have just done with their announcement. They how bonkers is it that they just went? Hey, do you want to come and talk about the PlayStation Five to Wired? Wired magazine, do you know, like their website. How how bonkers is that? That is crazy to just, and that's all that's been talked about online for like three days. It's amazing. It is amazing, and thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Your, your article really got me thinking. It was very insightful, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, Greg also writes for uh, What Culture. If you want to check out those articles as well. What what's what what's? I don't know what it is. It's just this thing that Greg says he does. On by the side, never heard of it. I like that. Me too. The cameo article was very good, Greg. I enjoyed that a lot. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, so that's the PS5. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, um, Xbox came out with Inside Xbox this week. A lot of cool uh, announcements in there, including uh, the Kids of War uh, esports. And um, this massive update coming to Sea of Thieves. If any of you out there are still playing Sea of Thieves, um, it's going to be pretty crazy over the next few months, actually, what they're adding to it. I'm pretty, pretty impressed, to be quite honest with you. But the big thing was they revealed, finally, the Xbox One S All Digital Edition, where they've taken out the Blu-ray drive, 
and charging more for it, probably, <laughs> which is weird. Um, That's terrible. But um, you know, it's it's an optional thing for those uh, those of us who have gone fully digital. Um, I have on the PlayStation side. I did say I was going to pick one up. Um, the price has stifled that somewhat. I'm not going to do it immediately. What do we think? Shut this over to uh, to Paul Collett. Has uh, has that made you want to get back into uh, the Xbox world? Um, no, um, not at all. In fact, I had an Xbox One. Um, barely played it, so I sold it. Um, and to take a, a drive out and charge more money for it, no. I think I had a bit of a joke there. Unless it comes with a subscription to like Game Pass for a year or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't. No, well then you can go screw yourself, <laughs> can't it? I mean, it does. It comes with three games built in. Uh, it comes with uh, Forza Horizon Three, not four, not four. Really? Forza well, Horizon Three, <laughs> um, which is just weird. Um, Gears of War One and, um, and Minecraft, <laughs> which is very strange because those are three fucking games Minecraft that are now available on Game Pass. <sighs> But they're going to be um, built in to the system. It's just, it's, it's very odd. When you had the master system, you had eight kid built in. That was worthwhile because that game. Yeah, was, it was. That was great. Um, yeah. um, I'm just done with Microsoft right now. They've they've done absolutely nothing to to win me over. The, nothing. It's just I'm just done with them. Goodbye. Good night. Can't wait for PS5. Fair <laughs> um, I should ask uh, Greg really because there was another announcement where. They called it Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, where for ten ninety nine a month, that will encompass your Xbox Game Pass subscription and your Xbox Live Gold subscription um, into one neatly monthly payment, uh, which could be cool, I guess, for some people. Greg, when you sort of like go to renew Game Pass or Xbox Live Gold, is that something that you might consider? Yes, um, because at the moment, uh, I think due to my circumstance at the time, and I haven't really changed it, I'm doing monthly on both, which I know is costing oh, okay. me more than this. Which I know is costing me more than if I bought a one-off uh, payment. So I haven't done the math entirely yet, but yeah. So I know they're they're putting up the price of gold from five ninety-nine to six ninety-nine a month, and Game Pass seven ninety-nine a month. So that'll be what's that moment? Six, eight, fourteen pound a month. So yeah, that'll save me three pound a month hmm. in the long run. Yes, it's still going to be. What did you say? It was ten ninety-nine? Yes. So you're still looking at two hundred and fifty quid for the year, but if you can only do monthly, then that's a pretty good deal. If you can say you can't fork out for the 40 to 50 quid a month for gold for the year in one, one off payment for 10 pound a month, that is not bad considering the service you get and the, the massive volume of games you can download as well. For sure. So yeah. I'd say for, if you can, if you're only able to do 10 pound a month, then that is well worth it considering the catalog and the, like the first party IPs they put out on there as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I can't fault the value of Game Pass, can you? No. Um, I mean, for me, I know I wouldn't have bought State of Decay two, and I probably wouldn't have bought Crackdown, which is good because they were both shite. But Forza Horizon four, for example, I would have picked up. But being a first party exclusive was on there, and I've really enjoyed it. So yeah. I've saved on that. I mean, yes, you could argue that what I've spent on Game Pass is more than what Forza would cost, but I've also got other games at my disposal as well they keep adding new games to it as well i'm playing batman at the moment the arkham uh, return to arkham collection nice uh, that's that's still like 25 pound in sales or 20 pound in sales that's part of my subscription i mean that's 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 one example of many that are on there yeah so, I mean, we're seeing we're seeing games that may have not 
done so well commercially jump on Game Pass quite quickly, such as like Just Cause 4. Yes, yeah, uh, that, Tomb Raider as well. Yeah, I mean, like two or three months after release, they're going straight to Game Pass. So this, this ultimate uh, kind of subscription seems like really good value. Yeah. You've just got to invest in the Xbox initially, I guess, first. Yeah, you, I mean, like at the moment, I've not been playing my Xbox as much because I've got Sekiro on here and yeah. Resident Evil 2 is on there. But I know that I can jump in and out. I mean, they do take games off for there sometimes. They do, obviously, maybe it's licenses expire or they have to change something. Or in the case of one of the Grand Theft Autos, they had to pull it because of music licenses and they had to repatch it. Mm. So it can be a bit of a pain if you're halfway through something and you see it's coming off soon and you think, oh, okay, I've got now got a deadline. But then it might encourage yeah, I mean, you to like, buy it um, on the store. So. Yeah, exactly. It's like Netflix, isn't it? Things just come and yes. go. Yes, you know. exactly. And, um, uh, hashtag bring back scrubs on Netflix. Um, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it there. I've, I've, I've just told you how much I'm forking out for my Xbox. I can't afford Amazon Prime. Um, oh, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk after this. Maybe I can hook you up with an account. <laughs> Maybe go right, to mine. We'll see. Um, uh, it, it's also got the Office, the American version of the Office on there as well, which is basically paying for Prime in itself, the amount I'm watching it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, anyway, going off topic, Sean, has any of this made you want to get an Xbox? Um, no, but I I'm quite impressed with Microsoft's resolve towards the Xbox One because when when we first kind of heard about this digital only version of Xbox One, we all kind of talked about it and said you know 150 pounds would be the max we would pay, and. You know, I think we're all still probably around that price point. If it's £150 and it had a big enough hard drive, yeah. that's a decent jumping in point. So Microsoft have gone with 200 with a one terabyte hard drive, which is, let's let's be honest, if you're going to digital only console, a digital only console, one, ter- one, one terabyte is going to go very quickly um, and you're going to end up with a hard drive that's full of crap that you either want to play or you're going to have to delete and install the stuff. The price is really interesting because it, I think it's kind of a, a very protective price that's going to... The, the die-hard Xbox boys are going to buy it anyway. Like, the, the people that will that have already own 15 Xbox Ones are going to go out and buy a version of the SAD. And... <laughs> the, the SAD. It is SAD. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't think that through, did they? <laughs> They've not thought anything through for this. The X-Boned sad. It's just... Oh. The um, X-Boned sad sounds like a really depressing porno. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a really interesting price point because I think they, they were really worried about gouging the price on everything else. But one, one thing I will really say about the, the, this smaller digital version is it looks too much like an S. And I think that's because they want unsuspecting parents to pick it up in November because they've already said it's going to hit a, a $150 price point in the Black Friday sales. I think this is like a, I really wish they'd have changed the visual and it, it'd sit easy with me because I didn't like the, the visuals on the Xbox One S anyway. I, mm, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I saw the, um, the retail box. And it says in like big letters, this thing does not play discs. 
and there's a little there's a little uh, image in the corner that says this thing does not play discs. I mean, they they're, they're trying to make it as clear as possible. So yes, I mean that they... could be that 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 could be if that mistake is made, then I think that they're, they're trying to cover themselves in that regard. Yes, but little Timmy at Christmas won't know the difference. Your, your five or six year old gamers that are going to get these at Christmas, they won't know the difference. And I think that's the reason why the visuals look the same. I just wish they'd have like a really a, a been bolder with the form factor because, to be honest with you, I just, I just hoped it would look better and it would be smaller. Because you take a disc drive out of that this thing, and I'm guessing they've just filled it full of more fans to make sure it doesn't overheat. I have, yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, it's exactly the same size, isn't it? Is yes. Yeah, which I, I thought it was just tiny, a bit smaller. Is it? Am I mistaken there? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it looks. There isn't a major difference, I guess. Is, is I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's strange because in the, every generation since they, they bought out the slim or the small, do you know what I mean? They, they, so it's this chance they could have bought out a little disc. It's no bigger than on maybe an Apple TV or slightly bigger. And uh, there you go, slap that under your TV, uh, all nice and sectional stuff. But no, it's the same thing. So I guess it's the um, the, the big old hard drive inside which keeps it the size it is. I have yeah, a, but... I have a two terabyte hard drive underneath my TV. Is the size of like a credit card? Yeah, I mean, hard drives are, are nothing these days. They missed a trick there. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you remember the Xbox 360e, the last 360 they released? No. It looked like a it looked like a tiny Xbox One, and it was it was a much smaller version of the 360, but it it was made to look like like a what did they say in the press release? The younger brother of Xbox One. <laughs> it looks really, it looks really <laughs> weird, and um, yeah, I remember that one. That was quite nice actually. I had like gods. I had the like fact that we told her. Like, <laughs> I think I, I think I went through about. I mean, I'm not even. This it isn't even hyperbole. I think I went through at least eleven Xbox 360s. Um, in that generation, because three of them red ringed. Um, then I got the Halo one, the Halo Four one, which was beautiful. Um, and the Star Wars one, and I got a bit obsessed with the limited editions. And yeah, <laughs> I, I I ended up with the uh, with the E. And it was a tiny little Xbox One that couldn't play Xbox One games. Very strange. I I had six Xbox 360s. All of them red ringed on me. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I I I was not a fan of. I I said I was never going to buy another Microsoft console. I I took my Xbox 360 back to Toys R Us. I slapped it on the counter and said, here is my um, copy of Test Drive. There's a massive groove in it, and the console's red-lighting on me. Swap it for a PS3. And they did. <laughs> nice. and... Told. So then, uh, so then, I mean, with in the Davies household, Christmas comes around. It's Black Friday. There's an Xbox One S, all digital edition available for $139.99, including the $10.99 a month pass for Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold. Do you jump for it? I probably would. Right. I, it's been a decade since since that happened, and I don't see anywhere near as many technical complaints as those days. The problem was the day that I took my Xbox 360 back was the day that Microsoft admitted they knew there was a problem before launch, but they launched anyway. And I ended up buying three of the consoles myself because I'd run out of warranty. So I was so fucked off like ridiculously fucked off that I've been going through all these hoops and trying to explain to Microsoft the problems. 
And they're like, oh, you're moving the console. No, it stays in the same fucking place. I hoover it every fucking day. Like, just it was it was so frustrating. But a decade has gone, and I think I can probably forgive them now. And that would be a decent enough price for me to say, well, for all the games that I want to play, like um, Sunset Overdrive and Rise, and I'm sure they've got other games. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was that crackdown game, isn't it? Oh, oh, yeah, crackdown. Like, it might have yeah. You know, there, there's about four or five games that I probably want to play that are exclusive, and I, I could probably justify that because my kids could probably get a lot out of Games Pass. That... No, absolutely, yeah. I was just going to say that. I mean, the the Davies um, Avengers um, in your <laughs> yeah. house could probably could probably rinse Game Pass for 150 quid quite easily without having to spend it. Yeah. Yeah, so, My, yeah. Because, because you can look at it as like an initial kind of investment into Game Pass, I guess. More than anything yeah. else. I have created a, a, a tribe of monster gamers. It is horrible. <laughs> they, they, they go through games like nobody's business. I, I honestly cannot tell you how bad it is. I thought I gamed a lot. They just destroy games. Pikinuku, uh, Pikinuku. Is it Pikinuku? How do you subscribe? Yeah, yeah. Pikinuku, where it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they like completed it before I did. And they played it like half the time. And I'm like, will you stop? They didn't even read the text. They just, just went straight through the game. <laughs> anyway, I mean, so. Game Pass is how I discovered um, Super Lucky's Tale. Yeah, I fancy which that. Is, which is just a really nice platformer. It's nothing groundbreaking. It's not Mario or you know anything else. But it's just, this is a fun, nice platformer. And they can probably get something out of that. And um, like Sea of Thieves. They'd love Sea of Thieves, all four of them together on a ship. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't play. That would not go down well. <laughs> that is a surefire way to start a fight. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, right. Anyway, let's move on. So that's interesting. So I guess we're a bit we're a bit mixed on that one. But I think what Xbox is doing is that they're always they've been very consumer friendly the last couple of years, um, and they're always thinking ahead and they're thinking about the future. And um, the all digital edition is completely optional. If you want to buy the one with the disc that's ten pound cheaper. Uh, then go for it. It's a 4K Blu-ray player as well, so you know you've got to look at it from that perspective as well. Uh, right, uh, we're going to crack on with um, a quick look at some indie games that uh, Sean wants to share with us. So, put your indie heads on, ladies and gentlemen. We've got some new games that are going a bit under the radar for you to discover. Sean. Okay. Um, so the first one I wanted to talk about is called Lord Winklebottom Investigates. Um, this you may already know about this game because this is I... the game with the big old giraffe. Right? Yes. 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 So we. We interviewed the, the developer, Charlotte Sutherland, for Finger, Game, Finger Guns like two months ago. Um, she was putting the game on Kickstarter. She did put the game on Kickstarter. And the target was something like £15,000, but it, it didn't reach the goal. Um, but Charlotte went a lot from the first kick, Kickstarter campaign, and she's back with another one. And within 24 hours, it is already 65% funded. Um, wow. she's asked, so so it is, it's, it's very much likely... If, if it continues at this pace, by the time this podcast goes live, it will probably be funded. I highly advise you go and check it out because it is one of the most charming point-and-click adventures. You play as a, a, a detective giraffe called Lord Winklebottom in the 1920s-themed um, animal, animal like kingdom where humans didn't evolve um, and you were investigating the death of a, a sea captain. And it looks hella funny. It's got Brilliant voice acting, and I really hope you can check it out. Cool. Second game is called The Maiden. So I heard about this game yesterday, and it kind of really 
got under my skin, so I just wanted to share the basic story. It's not due out for a long time. It's not coming out until 2020, um, but it, it looks really friggin' great. Um, it's from Blind Fox Studio, and it's set during what I believe is like a Victorian dark ages time, um, where a village is currently going through a very hard time. They are having a lot of bad luck, and they believe that a witch is causing this bad luck. So they go on a witch hunt and they find a young girl who they then burn at the stake. They then bury her body but don't do a very good job of it and she ends up waking up as a ghost and going through um, pagan hell and it looks friggin' amazing. Like the Jesus art, Christ! Uh, I know, like this game looks super bleak. Um, but it honestly, sounds it also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, the thing is, it looks really original because I don't think pagan hell has ever been in a video game i can't find one um it's called finno ugric mythology like i don't even know how to pronounce that but apparently that's a thing and um right. it looks really powerful and something that could be um amongst the indie darlings for next year lastly uh, i want to talk about eagle island so you may have you may have heard about this game it's been in development for quite a while um, it's a procedurally generated platformer it looks brilliant, really retro inspired but the reason I wanted to talk about it is because of the accessibility options so a few podcasts ago we were talking about difficulty in accessibility and it's something that I've been looking into a lot because I want to try and write something about accessibility and difficulty being two different things and one of the amazing things that Eagle Island does is have a massive array of accessibility options so they have um, dim backdrop which can basically remove the backing from the game so you only have and it just turns it black basically so you only have the active part of the game visually there they have the disabled lighting which makes the game look flat you have outline uh, outline characters and outline platforms which gives all the platforms and characters a white outline so people who are like me who are you know verging on going blind can actually see the game um, they've got an auto aim, so you don't have to use a second stick. You can use a right thumbstick to aim, so basically lefties can um, get it on the game too without having to, you know, struggle with right thumbsticks and left thumbsticks. And you can slow the game speed down to like half speed, so the game, the challenge, drops dramatically. It's such a brilliant game, accessibility-wise, and I just thought I wanted to share that because it looks great, and the developers are obviously putting in a lot of time to make this game as accessible to everyone as possible. So big shout out to those. That is a really great thing that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. I'm left-handed. I have no problem with games. What are you trying to accuse? Left-handed no, players can't play video games? Is that what you're saying, Sean? No, I'm, I'm trying to say that some people have a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Southpaw gamers, you know. Yeah. Uh, right, cheers. Those are three indie games worth keeping an eye on. I'm sure we'll be covering them on Finger Guns relentlessly over the next few months. Um, we have a question, ladies and gentlemen. What? Yeah, we have a we, we, we have a fan Shut question. Shut the door. Episode five, it happened. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, Sean, who is it? Who is it from? What is the question? It's from somebody called Alex Gray, who uh, sent us a message on. Uh, was it Facebook? I think it was Facebook. Um, and they asked, "Who are our favourite developers and why?" Right, I'm going to make mine very quick. I've been thinking about this uh, since you told me about the question. And 
I've been thinking about the games that I've been playing a lot this generation, and I, gaff, I have to just say Ubisoft. Um, because they've absolutely crushed it this year, this generation, I think. And there isn't, they haven't released a game this gen that I didn't like. You know, I haven't loved all of them, but I'd like them all. And obviously, Watch Dogs 2 is one of my favorites of the entire gen. So um, I'm going to say Ubisoft and obviously Nintendo, because Nintendo are Nintendo and they're the greatest. Paul, any thoughts on this? Um, well, I was going to go for Ubisoft as well because uh, they don't often know how to make an open world game, and just oh, they're amazing. They're doing a really good job. I love it. This generation, that's uh, really cool. Um, I'm going to throw in Resident Air into that melting pot because they created two of my favourite games in VR. That's Res and Tetris, so that deserves special mention. Nice. And finally, uh, Housemark, because they just make some great old-school shooting-type fun games, especially Resogun, which I'm still playing. Launch game, the PS4, still playing it, love it. So, Very Jesus. good shout. Thank very, you. very good shout. Um, I should also drop in uh, Ground Chatter as an honourable mention, because the two games they've released this gen, I've loved to death. Greg? Capcom. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> it was it, it's no I was, I was gonna say uh capcom because they've created so like probably more franchises that i absolutely love than any other developer have street fighter resident evil dino crisis beautiful joe devil may cry the list goes on um and not just because i have capcom tattoos on my body uh yeah capcom for me followed probably closely by i want to say konami for metal gear and zone in the mm-hmm. end is or Squaresoft for their old-school RPGs. Not Square Enix, Squaresoft, because I'm being a hipster. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And Sean? Um, I'd probably say my favourite developer is Future Lab. They've never made a game I didn't enjoy immensely. Good job. Uh, Coconut Dodge, uh, Velocity, Velocity 2X, Velocity Ultra, um, Surge Deluxe, Tiny Tracks. I am incredibly excited about Minimac Mayhem, um, which is coming out on VR this year. It looks really fun, and they really know how to make a good game. So they would probably be my number one of all time, probably followed by Don't Nod, because Don't Nod yeah. make really great games. You know, um, the um, Life is Strange and Remember Me and Vampire, they, they are top developers. And I'd also Remember say, Me needs a sequel, sorry. I'm just throw that yeah. In. Yeah, Capcom should get on that because it was like totally underrated. And it was kind of the start of that studio and they learned a lot from that game and probably could do it justice the second time around. Yep. And I'd also you say Ubisoft. Ubisoft, this generation, just like you guys, they just they really know how to make an open world game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ubisoft have killed it this year. I mean, there are so many. There are so many great developers out there, um, especially this gen. You know, The kind of explosion of the indie scene has really showcased some fantastic... Uh, creative developers which are all really interesting and worth keeping an eye on and so you know it's really difficult i mean naughty dog you know you can't yeah i mean gorilla all the sony first parties have just brought their a game this year insomniac you know there are just so many i mean but yeah ubisoft has my heart this year because they this gen because they've just completely crushed it um okay uh let's move on then to the quiz answers and see how badly i did I feel like I've talked hmm. very uh, a lot in this podcast. Let me just okay. And oh, we didn't even mention Star Wars. Thank <laughs> 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 Um, 
if you are listening, um, the, uh, the, the, the last Jedi conversation podcast between Sean and Paul is coming. It will be eight and a half hours long. Yeah. And we're just finding, <laughs> we, we're, we're just finding the time to do it. Yeah, the eight hours of Sean talking, half hour of me. So uh, that's how it's going to work, I think. Yeah, we, we've edited all the swear words out of Paul's talking, and, and we got two words. So, <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's my argument for everything. <laughs> I just Sean talking for eight hours and going, and that's why The Last Jedi is good. And just Paul going, fuck you, end of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Drops mic, done. <laughs> Walks off, dust, everything. Okay, right. Chris questions. Um, question one was the original concept for the Sony PlayStation was a CD-ROM adapter for which Nintendo console? It was the SNES. Or yeah, SNES. boy. Yes. Um, how do you guys say SNES? SNES. SNES. Good, good man. Good man. I find it weird when people keep, when people call it the Super NES, and I'm just like, just just yeah, abbreviate just, the whole just, thing. Yeah. Aren't, aren't there people in America that call it the SNES? SNES. Yes, SNES is American. Yeah. Ugh. Animals. The, the Sorry, Tim. Sorry, Tim. Um, Love you. <laughs> um, so, question two was: Which PlayStation game was the first to require the use of the dual analog DualShock controller? Ape Greg, Ape did you know this one? It was Ape Escape. It was Ape Escape. Oh yes! God damn it! Well done. Um, so, well question done. three was: What was the high-selling game for the PlayStation Two? Um, Paul, what have you got for this? I'll put down San Andreas. You got it that right. Oh, yes. So, um, yeah. I went for Gran Turismo 3. Do you know what? I think that was the third selling game. Third high selling game. Uh, um, so, yeah, it, it was San Andreas kind slightly of. Slightly You should have said what PlayStation only. If I'd have said what PlayStation on the game, then you'd have been right. Yeah, that exactly. wasn't the question, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, question four. The camera peripheral that Sony released for the PlayStation 2 was called Ross. Was it? It wasn't called that. It That's was. Ross toy. Uh, no, it's... <laughs> it was called the iToy. It's called the iToy. Congratulations, yeah. It was actually spelled E-Y-E, like it should be, before the Apple craze took over. Yes. yes. So if I put like the I, E-Y-E, does that give me a point? I didn't put toy on it. No. Oh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. Okay, right. Hard question. Name three of the nine Sony Interactive Entertainment first-party studios that Sony founded or bought and have subsequently closed. Right. Um, Paul, what have you got? I've only got one, and I think it's wrong. I only put Psychnosis. Yeah, I put them. Do you know what? I'll take it. it I mean, they were Liverpool Studios or Studio yeah. Liverpool at the time. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take that. Greg, have you got any other answers? I wanted to put the ones that made Grand Tours. Was it Polytronic? Well, Polytronic Digital. Yeah. Polytronic Digital. Uh, okay. They are still they are still alive and kicking. Ah, uh, okay. No, I put Psygnosis, Poly. Well, obviously I spelled it wrong. Polytronic. I put for some reason I had Gorilla come to mind, but they're still going because they've made Horizon. I, re- I realized that after I did the quiz. I, w- I would have taken that because Gorilla Cambridge did close. What about oh, those games okay. that made Motorstorm? Was that like, were they still going? Are they still going? Who are they? So, uh, let, let me ask Roscoe what he's got first. Roscoe, what, have you got any any others? I. Did they not. Paul, you should know this, man. Did they not close Incognito? They did close Incognito. The creators of Warhawk. Yes, they did close Incognito. The oh, creators. those absolute fuckers. <laughs> Wankers. Um, I hate something now. 
and no um, I can't I can't quite remember the name, but it was the guys that made Sokum. Was it Zippo or Zip? Zippo. Yeah, Zippo. Zippo. Yeah. I put I put Zippo. Is that is that? I'll I'll, you know, I'll take I'll take Zippo because like that is you actually knew who you were talking about. So. Ah, fuck you, Greg, and fuck you, Paul. You, you had to name. You had to name three, though. So you've named two. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Ross. <laughs> so if you are playing a longer time, I would have accepted Nine Eight Nine Studios, who made Oh, Siphon Filter. Yeah, Siphon Filter, Twisted Metal, um, <sighs> Big Ben Studios, um, who did Pursuit Force, um, Guerrilla Cambridge, or I would have accepted Millennium Interactive or SCEE Cambridge. Who did Medieval, Primal, Ghost Rig. Hunter? Yeah. Uh, ah. Evolution Studios, who did Motorstorm and Drive Club. Oh. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, Studio Liverpool, obviously. Um, Signosis or Studio Liverpool Studio. They, they were obviously the wipeout place. Uh, Zipper Interactive, who did Socom, Mag, uh, Unit 13, and many other shooters. Um, Contrail. So they were absorbed by Studio Japan, and they were they did Wild Arms too, I think it was, and Team Soho. Uh, they did the Getaway before joining. Um, oh, God, yeah, Team Soho. oh dear, Team Soho. And the other one I would have accepted would have been Sony Online Entertainment, which is now Daybreak Game Studios, who spun off and became uh, um, independent after Sony tried. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I don't get any points for this. Nope. No. I don't get any points for saying incognito. Do you know what, right? You, I, you think, I think close. we should get like a point for incognito <laughs> because... I said, it is... I said incognito and zipper. That doesn't get me anything. Maybe three. three. No one else said three. No. Well, it's I said three, point. but I got them all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a justifiable reason for not getting I listened. Points. I listened to the question, but got them wrong. You only got two, so you got it wrong. I thought can I, I, can I just... Really, I thought I'd be really into... smart then. To object. I think Rosho should get a point no. for saying incognito because it's now making people aware. Oh, incognito. Oh, Warhawk. And therefore, <laughs> no, you don't get a point for charity. A yeah, potential sequel. Do you know what? If this comes down to a um, a tiebreaker, then then I'll I'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, question six was: right. What was the project code name for project uh, for PlayStation VR during development? Um, Roscoe, you know this, don't you? Take the red pill, take the blue pill. Morpheus! It was, Project Morpheus. Oh. Yes. Okay, uh, question seven. Who is the lead architect of the PS5? Who also worked as a lead architect on the PS4? Greg? Hey, him. Hey, him. Him. No, him Mark no Sweeney. idea. No hey, idea. Was it Mark Cerny, was it? Yeah, it was Mark Cerny. Mark oh, I thought he was, I thought he was like, I thought he was like the Reggie Phil Ames. I thought he was like the, uh, okay. No, he, he's the, the technical brain. Um, also, game director on oh. Knack and Knack 2. Legend. Uh, Producer on Spider Man. The guy is basically a game developing genius. Do you okay. remember the uh, the PS4 Pro reveal when he was on stage, though? Yes. No. Oh, man. His voice just puts you to sleep, but not in like a calming, relaxing way. Just <laughs> in a, oh, so monotonous. I, I, I love that enough, guy. We might want some PS5 review copies. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> be nice. Yeah, that is never going to happen. <laughs> I would. But, but Sean, to this day, still hasn't given me a Sony PR contact. Uh, I ain't got it anymore, mate. Yeah. They all yeah. abandoned ship when that whole kind of thing happened with press. 
There is a story around that, but it's it's for another day. <laughs> Next podcast, then. Okay. <laughs> so, question eight was, who was the first PlayStation mascot? I is, think I know this. Has anybody got a guess? I've got a guess. I think... I want to say Polygon Man. You are correct. Oh, because he was the end boss of um, PlayStation yeah, Battle Royale All-Stars. That's right, yeah. Oh, man. I'll put down Crash Bandicoot. What a dick. Yeah. Do you know what? Everyone does think that Crash Bandicoot was the first mascot, but before the console released, PlayStation were advertising the console alongside the whole Polygon Man thing, and then obviously he would he was part of a demo disc that released. And uh, he is the final boss of PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Woo! Ugh. Victory point. There you go. No, I, put, um, I put Croc. Oh man! I was thinking. I was thinking Croc or Gex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those two. But then Gex came out on the N64. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. They, they both. They both came out on. I know Croc didn't. Croc was PS2 only. Okay. Yeah. PS2. Okay, uh, question nine. Uh, which PlayStation console launched with the tagline Live in your world, play in ours? Paul, what have you got? PS2. Congratulations, that is correct. Uh, it's all part of that whole welcome to the third place thing, wasn't it? Yeah, the emotion yeah. engine. Wow. Yeah, it's all like branded, uh, really like, cool stuff, but it wasn't yeah. that good. Have you guys seen that David Lynch advert for the PlayStation 2? The weird I'd go. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was PS. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Does anyone yeah. Sorry, just very quick side deviation. Does anybody remember the bouncer? Yes. I love that game. Yeah, I was talking about that the other day. Anyway, we can we can disc- we should do like a retro, like themed podcast one week. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, question ten: Name any two of the twenty-five retail games that launched alongside the PlayStation Three in Europe or Australia. Okay, Paul, give me what you got. Uh, Ridge Racer and Mario Storm. Um, which Ridge Racer? Oh, <laughs> six. So I want to go six. You know what? I'm going to give it to you anyway. It was Ridge Racer 7. Oh, um, damn it. And yes, Motorstorm. Um, Greg? Uh, I've got Spider-Man 3, because they based the font of the PlayStation on Spider-Man 3, the film. Right. And Lair. Okay. Um, no, Spider-Man 3 was not a launch title. They based, oh. the fonts, <laughs> they based the fonts on the Spider-Man, but didn't have a game to go, to go alongside it. Oh, and, damn it. And Lair released later. Oh, God. Sorry. Roscoe? Uh, Resistance. Fall of Man, yeah. Oh, yeah. good call, yeah, yeah. And Oblivion, Elder Scrolls. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Let me just check. Let me just check. No. What? No. <laughs> no, it didn't. It did not launch alongside the PlayStation Three. Yes, it, it, it did. I caused. I caused shenanigans on that, sir. No. I'll st- I, I will do this again with you, if you want me to. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh yes, it was. Oh, I don't mind. Do you know what? I I will Google it after the podcast, and I will apologise profusely. Um, but uh, I couldn't find. I'm pretty sure it, it was already available on the Xbox 360, and the port of the PS3 version was pretty shitty and came out like six months after it launched. Yeah, be, but no, forget it. Forget it. Doesn't matter. Okay, so if you want... throughout there, just a little little fact, not really a fact, just something um, that the PlayStation has had a copy of Ridge Race with every launch console by the PS4. 
which is disappointing. Car White Ridge Racer. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? It was it, it was disappointing not to have like the whole Ridge Racer yeah. stage. You know, that's that's anyway. So if you are playing along at home, there were 25 games and they were Blazing uh, the Angels. Road, uh, oh, it was Lord's Window. Yeah, sorry. Okay, go on. <laughs> Blazing <laughs> Angels, Call of Duty 3, Def Jam, Icon, Enchanted yeah. Dogs, <laughs> Final, <laughs> Final Night, Fight, oh my God, Fight Night, Round 3, Formula 1, Full Auto 2, Genji, Days of the Blade, great game, uh, Marvel Auto Ultimate Alliance, Mobile Suit, Gundam, Target in Sight, Motorstorm, NBA Street, Home Court, Need for Speed Carbon, NHL 2K7, Resistance Fall Man, Bridge Racer 7, Sonic the Hedgehog, Tiger Wars PGA Tour 07, uh... Tom Clancy Splinter Cell Double Agents, Tony Hawk's Project 8, The Godfather, The Don's Edition, Untold Legends, Virtual Vat 5, Virtual Tennis 3, and World Snooker Championship 2007. Oh, God. Just got a reminder of it. Genji was uh, Genji was the one with the giant enemy crab thing. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just got reminded of Sonic 06. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. Not, not good, though. No. He, he deserves better. That is, I mean, of all the shit Sonic games that have been out over the last sort of like 15 years, that is the worst one. Sonic Unleashed, okay. sorry. Oh, no, Sonic Unleashed was rad compared to Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Nice one, Sean. Thank you, man. Um, I got. Uh, wait, do I get a point for resistance or not? Yes. Okay, I got eight. Okay. Oh no! Did you? Did you? You only had one of the two, didn't you? For ten. The question ten. You only had one, didn't you? Yes. So no, you don't get a point. You get seven. Fuck it out. Greg, <laughs> Greg, how many did you get? Uh, I'm just talking out one, two, three. Four. <laughs> Four, okay. Four, um, I am ashamed. Oh, have you won another one? No, no, I've only got six. Oh, Roscoe's the champ! <laughs> What's my swear? name? Say my name! Say my name. Okay. The guy that didn't have a PlayStation 3, 2, or 1. But he did have Google, though. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Ross. Well done, Ross. Fuck you, Paul. All right. Okay, so that means I'm in the lead in the league table right now. Have you won one? I won one. So Greg, I've got one. We had a draw. That's right. We drew, didn't we, Paul and I? Yeah. Do you know what? I'll go back. I'll 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 try and keep a, a a leaderboard going for as long as possible. Cool. Cool. Nice one. Um, all right. Well, that does bring an end to um, tonight's quick podcast, um, <laughs> which, which yeah. is now pushing an hour and a half. Um, but hey, we like to talk about stuff and we like to get deeper these things. That's what a long form podcast is all about. Um, just quickly uh, before we go out this week. Um, I mean, there's two major things out this week, so I'll just throw them in. April 23rd is Mortal Kombat 11 on Switch, Xbox One, PS4 and PC. And on April 26th, Days Gone. Next Friday, it's not very far away now. A brand new Sony exclusive coming to PS4, which I think we're all pretty excited about, yeah? Yep. Absolutely. But more so for Mortal Kombat, if I'm honest. Really? Oh, man. That trailer that released today. Did you have seen the trailer? With the Mortal Kombat. Exactly. 
I was fucking there. I was there, man. I was like, Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Walking down the halls of the hospital like, yeah, fucking Johnny Cage, bitch! <laughs> the $500 sunglasses, asshole. Oh man, I can't. I'm I'm just not excited about it. But I've got uh, a film on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> what a confession! What a hipster! It was it was good film. It's probably one of the better video games or film translations the best. Been, We fair. almost we almost ended a podcast there. You know that we got so close to oh, end nearly, the podcast. Nearly, nearly. <laughs> oh, um, go play G, please. Right. Oh, um, you got it, dude. Before I go, actually, um, episode two of this podcast, we talked about the Mega Drive Mini, or episode three, one of the two, episode three, I think. Um, they just announced um, 10 more games coming to it, which is Castle of, of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, which is awesome. Yes. World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, which is awesome. Thunder Force 3, which is awesome. Super Fantasy Zone, which is awesome. Shinobi 3, which is awesome. Streets of Rage oh. 2, which is awesome. Earthworm Jim is yes. actually in it awesome. Um, Land Stalker. Which honestly, I don't actually know all that much about. Contra Hard Corpse is Hardcore. coming as well. It says Hard Corpse on the thing. I'm just reading it. Great. It's pronounced core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, like the Army Corps. Uh, the Marine Corps. Is that not C O R E? Is that what it's written as, is it? Oh. Make the damn sense. And <laughs> the greatest video game of all time, the greatest video game ever made, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Is going to be in this thing, so that's an instant purchase for me. I say I'm, I'm there for Shinobi Three and Revenge of Shinobi. Hell yeah! And Streets of Rage. This thing is it's Comic Zone, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yes. That's quite good. I enjoyed it. This thing is uh, sounding pretty cool. As long as they get the emulation right, it's yeah. uh, it's going to be pretty neat. Uh, right, that's it. That is the end of the podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. You can of course follow us on Twitter on at fingerguns f n g r g n s. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and iTunes and Podbean if you so choose. You can follow us on our individual Twitter handles, which are in the description of this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UK. We actually put out a very snazzy bit of promo uh, this week, if I do say so myself, about everywhere that we are on the internet, which turns out we're in a lot of places. Um, so if you do want to find us there, then just type in fingerguns and you'll eventually get to us. Um, we do have a Patreon, so if you have enjoyed this podcast, this podcast is entirely funded by our patrons on that page. So thank you very much indeed for that. We couldn't do this without them. If you feel like we're, we're worthy, then go and give us $1 a month, which is all we ask on our Patreon. Um, you can sign up to Twitch Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to us for free on Twitch, which two people have done this week. It's very exciting. Uh, thanks to our Snooker 19 live stream, which definitely did not break embargo, but probably actually did. <laughs> so if you do want to uh, follow us anywhere, you can do that on that. And then until then, we'll be back uh, next week with more fun and gaming shenanigans. So it's goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Shout out to Mark. Bye. <laughs> cool. It's goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Bye. That's goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett. We'll hope to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I have been your host, <laughs> Roscoe Keniston, and we'll see you next time on the Finger Guns podcast. Bye! <laughs>